0: There's this story about this little girl who wanted a nickel. She wanted a nickel. And she was like, man, daddy or poppy, you have a nickel? And poppy goes, man, uh, daughter, I don't have a nickel, Mijita. I only have a $20 bill. I don't want a $20 bill. Poppy, I want a nickel. Well, you know, with this $20 bill, you know, you can have a lot of nickels. Don't ask me how many nickels are in there, because I don't know, but well, it's a lot. Math majors, how many nickels are in a, in a $20 bill? 400. 400. 400. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, 400 nickels in here, and so the dad was talking to the daughter, and the daughter goes, no, I don't want it, I want a nickel. So it goes back home, and the dad, because he loves his daughter, goes over and he finds a nickel and says, here you go, mejita, here's a nickel. And... The daughter was like, thanks, puppy. And so if you're a lot like me, uh, I know I am. Um, (laughs) If you're paying attention, raise your hand if you're here. You're going to need to be here for this, okay? Um, So no, uh, if you're a lot like me, I was thinking, man, the the dad, the daughter would have been better off trusting the dad because she would have had 400 nickels. And I think in a lot of ways, that's how Christians approach the scriptures. In a lot of ways, that's how Christians approach the scriptures. Where we can trust our Heavenly Father, our Creator, but yet we view the lenses in life in different ways. And so this, uh, today, this evening, if you have your, your Bibles with you, turn them on and uh, tap on the Bible app and search for John 6. So we're gonna take a unique <clears throat> Kyle did an excellent stellar job in kicking off the series of I am, going through the, the statements of who Jesus says that he is. He is I am. And so the first statement is the bread of life. And so we're gonna take a unique approach, and the unique approach is this we're gonna look at the backstory to that claim. So in John chapter 6, way towards the end, way towards the end of chapter 6, probably from like 30 on, that's when he actually makes his claim, all the way to from 30 to 70, or 30 to 60, or 71, there? or 61. <clears throat> um, but we're not gonna get there. So we're gonna look at the backstory to the actual claim. So, in a sense, the bread is still cooking, the bread is in the oven. So if you have your Bible, go to John chapter 6, and we're going to go through this, and we're going to start off in verse 22, and uh, as we do this, I want to uh, set the environment up to be one where there's freedom, and what I mean by freedom is, if you have a question, I might not be as quick as Kevin, so uh, just if you have your hand, just leave them up, and I'll eventually see you, Uh, or Kevin, let me know if you see them, (laughs) Uh, or you could just flat out ask the question or make an observation about that. So if we can, can we agree on that environment? Are you guys okay? Amen. Okay. All right. We know Ted is. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> All right. So if there's any, uh, so yeah, just an environment of freedom that we can share the things that are on our hearts or that we see from there. Beginning chapter 22, and this is so, so difficult talking from narratives because uh, a narrative is basically a story. So, in a sense, it will be reading the story and tell you, telling you about the story. So, in a sense, you read the story and you got it. So, uh, anybody want to read verses 22 to 26? So, in verse 20, or when you look at there, when when you see verse 22 and 24. The context to that, let's even take it a little bit further. If you look at the, the subsection on chapter 6, or the, the title on chapter 6, where does it say? He feeds the 5,000. Yes, he feeds the 5,000. So, um, he, makes, he feeds 5,000. Technically, there were probably, probably, not technically, probably, there was more than, uh, there was closer to like 10,000 or 15,000. Some people say even 20,000. Because uh, of all the people that weren't counted. And so, let's say about 5,000. And so um, he's feeding all these people. He, he, get, he feeds them with five loaves and two fishes. Guys, it was just like freshman moving.
1: <laughs> it was
0: just like freshman moving. What do you have? Lots of people and lots of free food. It was, pic- picture that. Can you picture that? Can you picture yourself at freshman moving? Tons of students. Tons of, how many burgers? 300 burgers? X amount of, of uh, three hundred burgers that needed to be cooked, stuffed, given out, conversations, people kind of circling through, and it was all free for them, right? So it was all free. So there's a lot, a lot of interaction. So it was just like that: free food, lots of food, and it's free. And the crowd, and verse, If you look at verses 14 and 15, were like, "Ha, huh, man, could you imagine? This guy needs to be king. Man, could you imagine if we had this guy as king?" <laughs> We'll Be so good, man. He'll be feeding us this, and let's make him king. So, Jesus realized that, and so he goes, Okay, all right. He takes his disciples, he walks his disciples over to the boat and sends them away. And then, Jesus goes off to the mountains. So he says, Off, peace out, going to the mountains, and the night falls. <clears throat> now, the sun rises this way, right? I'm asking, <laughs> is it? Which way? Your face. Yeah, well. Uh, The sun rises from here, right? So the next day, on the next day, on the next day, the people that stayed behind knew that Jesus was still there somewhere in the mountains. The disciples were gone. They're like, I'm hungry. Where's Jesus? Where's he at? So they look around, they look around. He's not here. Maybe he's on the other side. So they went off to the other side. And who went? Who went? About... Some people took off straight to Jerusalem for the feast, Passover feast. That's a whole nother thing. The other people stayed behind, and those are the people. So some of the crowd, some of the 5,000, not all of the 5,000, some of the 5,000 went looking for Jesus. Why were they looking for him? They went over there, and they were like, hey, Jesus, what's up? What a crinky-dink. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? It's kind of like when you see somebody at the movies. Like, hey, what are you doing here? Watching a movie. What are you doing here? So anyway, so uh, that's the context. That's the context. In verse 26, Jesus sees right through their motives. And he says, you're looking for me because I fed you for free. You're looking for me. Because I fed you for free. Jesus sees straight through their motives. If you don't know this about me, I'm Puerto Rican. Uh, and I grew up in Puerto Rico. And climbing up a, mountain, going up a mountain, going up the mountains was a normal thing. So we were out. Uh, there was one particular Saturday I remember. I remember because a lot of things happened. Uh, one, I was thirsty just like I am right now. My throat's parched. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a muggy day. It had just rained a few days before, and all our friends were outside in the patio. Not patio. In Spanish, you say patio, but in reality, it's a field. So we're out in the field, and we were all running around and whatnot. And this one guy goes, "Hey, let's go climb that mountain." We're like, "Yeah, let's go. Come on, let's do it." And so we're running. I was like, "Oh wait, I'm gonna go to." Get some water first. Y'all go ahead and go. I'm going to get some water. I'll meet y'all back over there. So I take off running. And I'm halfway halfway to my house. I think I am. And I'm like, man, FOMO kicks in bad. Oh, are they going to get to the mountain? FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, <laughs> uh, am I going to, are they going to get to the mountain before me? And oh, was going to happen? So then I just stop. And i was like, oh, I can do it. So I start running back. And I'm running, looking down. Make sure I don't slip on anything or fall or anything. And I'm really tired and really, 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 really thirsty. And I'm really thirsty. And so then I slow down and I look around. And i tell you, this is not planned at all. Um, I, I'm really, am thirsty.
1: <laughs>
0: so, uh, I was thirsty, right? So, um... We're going, I'm so thirsty. And I'm like, I see this puddle of water. Oh, no. (laughs) Stop it. Yes. So true. And I get down on all fours. And I'm like this. I am thirsty. And I look at the water. And I'm like, man, there's no mud kind of going through it. The water looks clear. All the mud is settling at the bottom. I am thirsty, I'm so thirsty, and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like, you don't want to do it, but you want to do it, you just crave it, and I'm like going like that, and right when my lips were about to touch the water, Jay, is my friend, uh, he's, he comes up and he gets me a jug of water, and I don't know, it was like the, the big jug, the big igloo jugs. and so, uh, thank you, I, wasn't, I didn't even thank God, I just said thank you, because um, I didn't know God at the time. And so uh, I would say that I was craving water. I was craving water. And so the crowd following Jesus was craving free food. The crowd was craving that free food. They were craving their bellies to be filled. But Jesus knew, He knew that, and He saw their motives. The crowd was looking for, the crowd was looking for Jesus for the wrong motives. So the crowd wanted to, um, they wanted his stuff, but they didn't really want him, right? He had done a miracle, but they wanted his miracle and they didn't want him. So the crowd or the seekers were expecting to be fed. The assumption, the assumption, the assumption from their craving was that they would be fed. The assumption from their cravings was that they would be fed. So when I read this text, also another thing too, when I read this text, I don't see, as, as, as we're now going to, in verse 26, we're going to start looking at a dialogue. They said, he said. They said this, he said this. He said this, they said ger. He said this, they said ger. So it's kind of like going back and forth. They said, he said. When I see this interaction going back and forth, I don't see a shameful tone from Jesus. I don't. I don't see a condemning tone from Jesus. At least I want to believe that. I wasn't there. Um, But I don't see a shameful tone. I don't see a condemning tone. When I read it and I think about Jesus and his tone, Jesus is a great teacher. He's a shepherd, but he's also a teacher. And so I see Jesus still talking with people as a teacher. I see him talking not as a, not in a dismissive kind of way either, not the other side's like, ah whatever. But he wasn't like ha, he wasn't scoffing at them, and he wasn't like passive about it either. So I think I think when I when I read this, I want to believe that Jesus was assertive, but not an assertive. Shameful way. Just in an education. Like like an educator. Like an educator talks. They teach to teach. They talk to teach. So do we have any educators here? I'm not. Donnie? Kevin? All right. So, can y'all, one of y'all, Karina? (laughs) Can one of y'all read verse 26, but uh, without the... Skip that Jesus replied and just read that, the red letters. And read it as a teacher, like you're talking to your students. This is the tone. This is the tone that Jesus was had. Go ahead. Anybody, whoever's reading it. No pressure. What verse? Just 26? Just
1: 26. The parentheses. Like a teacher?
0: My <laughs> you got this kevin very truly i tell you
1: you were looking for me not because you saw the signs i performed but because you ate the loaves and had your fill
0: kevin i had your name written here I did, I was like, Kevin needs to read this. <laughs> I hope I didn't let you down. You did not. I pictured you, I pictured you reading it. <sighs> he was talking to people in a, in a, in a, in that type of tone, in that type of tone. And so guys, look, if you would allow me, in a loving tone, in a loving tone, uh, I want to share something. Uh, we too can be the crowd. We too can seek Jesus for the wrong motives. If you allow me to ask you uh, a question, a hypothetical question, or not, um, I want to ask you a question. I don't want you to answer it, but I want you to think about it. Not think about answering it, but I want you to think about it that make sense? I want to ask you a question, don't answer it, but can't, will you think about it? But not to answer it out loud, just answer it to yourself. And the question is, what do you crave in life? What is it that you crave in life? What are your cravings in life? Another word for craving might be longing, deep desires, what are the deep desires that, that I have, that you have, that we have? What is it that I long for? In John chapter 6, contextually it was food because that's the context, right? But in the North American, United States context, in San Antonio context, that might not be the case for us, for some of us. So in our context, what are the cravings? Just think about that. Erica does not like when I say this, but I am a slow thinker. uh, Because I process things and I really want to, like, I see things from so many different angles. So I'll give you some time if you're a lot like me. So think about that. What is it that you long for? What is it that you crave? What is it that you really Have a deep, deep, deep desire for. Okay, time's up. You can keep thinking about it. Um, Is it for more accomplishment? It's I want. I want the. I want a, that job promotion. I want that job promotion. And I'm not going to make eye contact because I, I don't feel guilty about myself. <laughs> uh, but is it because I, I want a job promotion? Is it because I want a bigger ministry? It's like, oh, that's what I want. That's what makes me happy. That's, that's what I long for more people, the bigger ministry. Maybe it's uh, craving a bigger house. Maybe it's more friends. Uh, maybe it's a. Uh, I was checking out the audience. I'll edit some things. Maybe it's a better set um, marriage. Um, I crave for a family. I crave for kids. I crave for obedient kids. <laughs> So those are, those are, I think, those are the easy ones, guys. I think those are the easy ones. But because I, I, I believe, I believe that we are emotional beings and that our cravings, our desires are intertwined with our hearts. So there's a whole nother realm that we crave for things. So, because I'm convinced that the desires are parts of our heart and because we're emotional beings, I think we can crave more than physical things, more than just material stuff. And that in itself, we can be craving for those things. Such as, man, I crave, I crave... I crave not to be lonely. I don't want to be lonely anymore. I crave to be seen. See me? I crave to be seen. I crave and I long to connect with others. I crave a meaningful life. I desire to have a meaningful life. I desire to connect with others and to be connected too. I crave attention. I crave nurturing. Man, I crave freedom. And I crave encouragement. All those things can be deep longings within our hearts and things that we deeply crave. So guys, look, these cravings and our deep longings and desires, all of these things will find a way to be met. Are, our cravings will find a way to be met. Does that make sense? Our cravings will find a way to be met. So let's keep, um, if we just stop at verse 26, that's like stopping Jesus in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> sentence so let's pick it up on verse 27 27 to 29 anybody want to read it so verse 27 uh, is tied to verse 26 Jesus knew the wrong motives we already established that he knew the wrong motives and in a teacher type tone he said don't labor don't perform don't work for food that perishes in another way to say it is don't work don't perform don't things for loo for things that will be lost For the things that we lose. But for food that endures for eternal life. Which gives you, which God gives. Say God gives. Okay, all right. Uh, So yes, God gives those things. And so He sealed in Jesus Christ. Verse 28, the crowd missed it again. The crowd missed it again. They missed it. They missed it. Jesus was telling them, hey, look. Work for these things. He was telling them the goal, the end, the end is work for eternal life. And people are like, (laughs) yeah, what do I do? What do, what, What do I do? What do I need to do? So they're looking to work as a means. They're looking for the means. And Jesus is telling them the ends. They missed it. Clueless. They were clueless. So verse 28, they want to work for God. In verse 29, finally, Jesus tells them the only work you need to do is to what? is to believe. That's the only work that you need to do. So guys, look, don't miss this. There is so much here on these verses. Uh, while Jesus is trying, um, the, yeah, there are so many things that we can spend our energies on, right? We spend some time talking about those things, whether they're physical, materialistic, or emotional. We can crave and we can give our energies to all those things. We can. And while Jesus was trying to get them to see working for Uh, for perishable things or materialistic things are not worth pursuing, having stuff or having things isn't necessarily bad. It's not. You can't argue that. I think he's saying, is it necessary? Let me explain that a little bit more. Jesus didn't come. Think about it. God humiliated himself coming down to earth. He put on this earth suit. He suffered so that we can have a better life. There's so much more. There's so much more. Jesus did not come down so that we would have a better life now. Think about that. He didn't come down so we can have a better life now. He came to give you eternal life. And so Jesus is saying... Jesus, yes, Jesus is enough to satisfy your cravings. Now I know what happens is oftentimes, (laughs) Jay, he was totally off uh, when he said this. (laughs) So, uh, and I know the society that we live in and there are so many different influences, but let me, I guess, clarify something by saying, don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying food is necessary food is necessary connecting with people having fun those things are necessary being seen those things are necessary in a car those things might be necessary all these other things those things are necessary there are things in life that are necessities there are you can't argue that you can't to connect, to be known, to have freedom, to be encouraged. There's also things that are also necessary. Family, job, food, fun. Those things are also necessary. But I believe Jesus is saying that our cravings are not necessarily the most important things to pursue. I think that's the key point. Our cravings are not the most important things to pursue. But yet, we have them. I crave and I want these things. But yet, Jesus is saying those cravings aren't necessarily the most important things you need to have and do. And if we're not careful, guys, what we what we can do is become the person in verse 28. Which then, my relationship with God, my faith becomes a matter of, hold on, let me, let me, uh, let, me uh, let me, let me, <laughs> take me... just took all your information, <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, and our faith and our relationship with God cannot be, cannot be a transaction. It cannot be a transaction, and if we're not careful, we will manipulate God to get the things that we want, or thinking the things that we, or getting the things that we want, or thinking that we're getting the things that we want. Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm making sense. Um, <laughs> the our relationship with God cannot be a, tra- a transaction, and if we're not careful, it can become a transa- a transaction. So if I go to church, God will bless me. If I memorize these scriptures, God will bless me. If I, um, if I do these things, then God will bless me. That's almost like saying, well, if I don't do these things, these things won't happen. The one that's a matter of wisdom and the other one is a promise. Don't for one second, guys, think that we can manipulate God. You're going to see that later on in the chapter where the the crowd were asking Jesus again, well, what signs are you doing? Show us, show us, show us, show us that you're, uh, show us that you're, that you're, that you're God. What were they doing? I wanted to be fed. Remember, they got up that morning, the sun rose, they were hungry, Jesus ain't here, so I'm going to go to the other side of the lake Of the Sea of Galilee. Oh, Jesus, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, Oh, 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 okay, all right. Yeah, we want to work for things that, uh, for heaven. Okay, yeah. What do we need to do? And then he's, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This life, this life that that you, that's in your son. Okay, uh, why don't you prove it? Why don't you prove that you can make bread? Why don't you prove that you can make bread? Moses did it. You could do it too. They were after one thing. They were after being fed. Their cravings were controlling them. And if we're not careful, we can approach our relationship with God in the same way. Wrong motives. And we expect to manipulate God to get in the things that we want. And guys, look, um, please don't hear my excitement uh, or my animation as condemnation. Please don't. I I was hoping to establish that earlier in a loving way, in a loving tone, uh, wanted to say these things. So, so, so isn't it the real purpose Yeah, yeah. So
1: isn't it also like if you kinda place your
0: you know, like I'm gonna do all these things,
1: I'm like God's gonna bless it, and bad you know, things happen, or like from the outside, like maybe it doesn't work out the way it is like you don't think prices
0: You are know, like, Well, why why is this
1: why is this how this isn't it fair, like and then you get into like questioning why do these bad things happen. Because you have that point of view where if I do these things God will bless me. Where and you take the opposite point of view, you're like, well I'm just gonna
0: follow God no matter what. That's a better yeah, better perspective better path. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I didn't see that. Approaching it from that side where it's like a real a real commitment Whoa. to following Christ, rather what I get from him or not. And when you think about it, if he's the example, he said that you're going to be, you're going to be persecuted too. So don't, I mean, expect bad things to happen. That's good. Thank you. Anybody else want to share or, or add? Carla?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, it's it's so helpful to recognize that like every world religion mm-hmm. is about, like that system is about getting what? Like, getting what we want, um, whether it's from a God or God's. Um, and that that's just like the fallen state of I live in a world of scarcity and I have to get what I can get. Yeah. Either from spiritual beings or from other people or, or whatever. And I think that's something that sets Jesus really apart. It's, it's you know, he tells us not to be anxious about those things, that's what the Gentiles are—you know—filled with those those worries about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. But he's offering, like you said, like the 400 nipples, right? He's offering something so much more that we don't even, we don't even understand. Yeah, you know. And our little yeah.
0: There is, man. There is such freedom. When you said that, I was like, oh yes, he did say that. To live that life that it's like hey don't worry i got it i got you um you said that and uh anybody ever sent anything certified mail <laughs> what would you know you sign it right you sign it and then the envelope takes it seals it and takes it all takes it over there and then gives it to the person that they got to deliver it to right and two people are in that transaction the person who mailed it and the person who's opening it right we are in christ Right? We're in Christ. He seals us, and he's going to open us up in heaven. And that's the, that's in verse 20, I think the end, the end part of the verse 27. That's the life that he gives. And because we're in Christ, thank you. It's so, uh, so, so cool to put all these things together. Uh, because we are in Christ, and we're sealed with him, and he gives us all these promises, but those promises are to suffer, Right? The persecution is going to come. But he also says, I got you. I got you. And there's that freedom. That freedom that we serve such a wonderful and loving and creator God. He actually says in verse 29, the only work you have to do, the only work you have to do is to believe. That's the only work that you got to do is believe. So that was kind of, guys, the backstory. If you continue on, He said, they said. He said, they said. A dialogue, a discourse between the crowd and Jesus. And he finally says, I am the bread of life. And everything that he is, everything that he is, the first proclamation, I am that I am, all the way to the bread, I am the bread of life. We can celebrate those things by joining in with God in our relationship with Christ, but remembering him too. Remembering that he died on the cross. And that death on the cross breaks the power of sin of our lives. So, guys, look, I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with this. With every craving, with every, what if, what if, what if, what if, Reese, what if? Every craving you had triggered, every craving you have triggered you to pray and ask God to satisfy you. What if every craving that I have is a trigger to pray to God to satisfy me? And I think I can sum it all up in this statement. Feed your cravings with Jesus. Feed your cravings with Jesus. He's enough. Feed your cravings with Jesus. He's enough.